0: to start. This is all about hearing God, right? Um, I thought I'd just share, you know, one of my more um, spectacular failures, hearing God, (laughs) just so that we know we're all real. Um, I remember when I was, it was the 90s, we were pastoring a church in Nevada, and I thought I was spiritually deaf, personally you know, all these prophetic people that were hearing and saying God said, and I'm like, you know, I must be deaf. I I don't hear anything. But I started going after it, and one of the things that first set me free was Bill Johnson had come out to our church in the early 90s, and he said, you know, when their oldest son, Eric, was born, and then they discovered he was 80% deaf, and they took him to a doctor, and he said, as soon as they understood that he was deaf, they changed how they spoke to him. They made sure he was turned facing them. He, they bought him hearing aids. And he said, if I as an earthly father will do that for my deaf child, then how much more will God the Father compensate for your deafness? Because he doesn't want you to be deaf. And in reality, you're not. We all hear him a lot more than we really think we do. We have just thought it was, oh, that was a nice idea. (laughs) I mean, some of the best ideas that Steve and I had, we thought they were ours. (laughs) And instead, we realized later it was like, oh. I think we heard God. So, But there was a time when I was trying to get more specific with hearing, you know, just, okay, God, you know, some of these people, they're hearing names and dates and, you know, where people live. And so I'm going after that, and I'm crying out to God for this ability to hear. And... I get this opportunity because I lived in a really small town where you already knew everybody, so you didn 't need to know their names so <laughs> prophetically <laughs> so a a lady in our church, her son had an accident, and they flew him to Las Vegas, and she flew with him. so I drove her car down to Las Vegas so she would have a car and on the way i'm praying and i'm just having a good time with god and i'm like okay god give me something specific some prophetic word for somebody at the hospital give me a name and he goes okay mary and i'm like mary everybody's name is mary you know the, the odds of that are, are are very high that there's going to be a mary give me something more how about how about mary's husband's name john like, really? It would have, you know, I, I wanted something a little more spectacular than John and Mary. But I'm I'm like, okay, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to go with this. And I feel like he says, Mary's going to be one of the nurses that I will meet. So I get to the hospital, go to the room where my friend is with her son, and there's a nurse in there, and she's, talking away and I'm kind of feeling like, I think that's Mary, I I think that might be Mary. And uh, I'm too embarrassed and too shy to say anything and so finally she looks at me and she goes, hi, I'm Mary, I'm like, of course you are. (laughs) So I'm like, give her a word, tell her that you know her husband's name is John. Now, this is too embarrassing. Finally, she goes, yeah, me and my husband, John, we're going to be taking off. And I'm like, of course. And so I'm thinking, and so then she left. And so before she left, she said, I won't see you again because I'm being moved to a different wing of the hospital. So bye. And I go home. And of course, I'm full of guilt and condemnation. And I asked for a name. And I didn't obey. I didn't do anything with it. So in my heart, I'm like, I think I'm really safe. I'm going to say, but if, she, if I see her again tomorrow at the hospital, I'll give her her word, thinking she was moved to another wing. I'm not going to see her. I get to the room, and she goes, yes, I just came by because I wanted to see how y'all were doing. <laughs> I still didn't give her a word. <laughs> But I learned how to not condemn myself. <laughs> Instead, we celebrate progress. I actually heard. I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> but I celebrate progress. And then God began to talk to me about hearing and, and understanding how his voice sounds. And one of the things that kept happening when I was on this whole journey of trying to hear more of the Spirit was I would get weird thoughts in my head. Like we would have a women's evening meeting, and I would have a thought, bring a dessert. And I would argue with my own brain, and I'd say, I don't need to. I already called so-and-so. They're bringing a dessert, so I wouldn't bring a dessert. And I'd get there, and -and so-and-so hadn't shown up. And I'm like, oh, is this what God sounds like? He almost sounds just like me, because it's coming from my head, (laughs) from my mind. And one of the things that he began to talk to me about was how you can tell the voice of the Lord. And very simple, I was out with a friend who is just a real hiker, goes out in the mountains and camps and loves the whole thing. I don't know why we were friends. (laughs) Because that's not me. <laughs> but I'm out on an easy hike with her one day, and she's pointing out all this um, animal poop. <laughs> oh, look, a bear has been by. <laughs> and then, you know, she sees a track of a, a mountain lion or something, and she, she knows what the animal's poop looks like. I'm like it's just poop to me. I, you know, I didn't know there were so many different kinds. (laughs) So, God starts talking to me, and He said, "You know, just like she can tell what had been by by what is left, you can tell who's speaking by what it leaves." If it makes you feel condemned, guess what? God has not been by. (laughs) That is not the voice of the Spirit. If it makes you feel afraid, guess what? God has not been by. (laughs) The voice will leave the characteristics of the one who speaks. That's why God can even correct you and you still feel loved and valuable. There's no condemnation when he's correcting you. Instead, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I can do that. I I love my husband. He is so amazing. But when we were pastoring, sometimes I would be working at the church and he'd be meeting with people and Sometimes they would come out, and I'd go, oh, how'd you meet him with Steve, go? And they'd go, oh, it was so cool. He said this and this, and then this funny look would come over their face, and he'd go, I think he rebuked me. <laughs> <laughs> I think he corrected me. But he, they weren't aware, because he did it with such love and care and letting them know that he sees all the good in them that it wasn't until later that they realized he'd slipped in a little thing there about how they can grow. And that's how God is. So I like, when I'm hearing something, I like to test it and see what was left. You know, that's how you can also tell, you know, the scriptures talk about even if an angel of light comes and you know, they can speak truth but it will kill you because the, the word of God is true, but spoken under a wrong spirit, it will kill. Even our words, you can say all the right things, but if there's a spirit attached to it, they're not going to hear the words as much as they're going to hear the spirit behind it. They will feel the frustration. They will feel the hopelessness. They will feel that you don't believe you're good enough. So we need to remember, Jesus said, my my words are spirit and life. So everything that God speaks has to have the spirit of life to it. If we don't carry the spirit of life, we can quote scripture all day long, but it won't create life. It's always spirit and word. And even, I remember God telling me, Wendy, I don't want you to counsel anybody anymore that you don't have hope for. Because you can tell them all the right things, but the spirit that's writing on the words Makes them feel hopeless. So, figuring out okay, what does it leave? What what's happening when I hear this? Is one of the biggest things. Um, <clears throat> also, you can test things. You know, one of my test uh, tests that I do quietly in my head to know if what I'm because we all have voices in our head. But we need to test them. I actually have a plaque in my living room that says, don't believe everything you think. So one of my tests is if I'm hearing a voice in my head, I'll think to myself, would I counsel somebody else with that? So if I'm hearing this is never going to change, I try to think, would I ever tell somebody that? Yeah, <clears throat> let me counsel you. No, that'll never change. <laughs> you know, you've just didn't, done too many things wrong, and God's never going to you know, use you again. So test number one, would you counsel somebody with it? Test number two is can you really imagine God saying it? There's a phrase that we used to say, oh, that place is really hard for the gospel. Yeah, you know, hard. That's a pastor's graveyard city. And then one day I put my test to it and I thought, I can't really imagine God saying, wow, that city is really hard for the gospel. Because the last I heard he said, nothing is too difficult for me. He would never say, oh, yeah, that's where I send the pastors to die. <laughs> so we can test what's actually being saying, said and how, what it leaves us with and how we feel. Do we feel energized? Do we feel alive? Does it make us want to keep going? I, a long time ago, decided I am not going to listen to any voice that makes me want to quit because I don't think God's ever trying to get me to quit. And if I want to quit, it's usually because it's bringing an emotion of hopelessness that it's not going to change. But we all hear God. The problem is... The way our brains work, the reason we have to have a transformed mind is we usually see and hear what we're expecting to see and hear. We actually have, scientifically, they've proven that our brain has strongholds. For instance, my stronghold was that I was never enough. And when you believe something really strongly and it becomes a... A stronghold in your brain then and, and what is a stronghold by the way a stronghold is a place that's been taken and it's defending its right to be there so a stronghold is a place that's defending itself so if we have a stronghold in our mind like mine of I'm not enough then every single day and this is science your brain is looking for proof of what it already believes because it's trying to defend the belief that you're not enough. If you think you're a failure, if you have a stronghold that you're a failure, every day your brain is looking for proof that you're a failure and it literally won't notice the hundred successes you've had this week because it's not looking for success. It's looking for proof of what it already believes that's why we have to renew our mind to hear something different and i had one friend that she believed she was invisible that nobody noticed her gift that you know and she had a, a wonderful healing gift that steve used all the time in ministry but This one Sunday was just amazing to me because after the service, when we were closing, he had my friend come up and, you know, just lead a quick healing thing, call out, you know, words of knowledge and pray for the sick, and it was great. And afterwards, I'm standing up at the front talking to her, and at least two or three people came up and go, ah. That was so great. Thank you. You have such an anointing for healing. And went on and on about how great she was and encouraging her. And later that week, I went out to lunch with her. And she goes, how come nobody notices that I have this anointing for healing? And I'm like, really? Because I was standing next to you last Sunday. And two or three people commented on it. And she literally couldn't remember it. Because it didn't fit her stronghold. And your brain is capable of just flushing things that you hear if they don't have a grid for it. It has to have a landing place. So if we want to hear God, we have to change some of the things that we believe. So, good. so one of the things that you can do to help change that, and, and this is just an example that I used, when I discovered that I no longer liked reading the Bible, anybody else have that? moment where you realize, wow, this is dry, and I'm just avoiding it, and I tried to do it, you know, legalistically, and finally, I got this brilliant idea to ask God why I don't like to read the Bible, who knew you could ask, (laughs) so I'm like, God. what's wrong with me? Why don't I like to read the Bible? And he said, the reason you don't like to read the Bible is because the only thing you're looking for in it is proof that you're not enough. I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense because I have a stronghold of not enough. (laughs) And he said, for the next year, the only thing you're going to look for when you read the Bible is how much I love you. You'll find whatever you're looking for. And you can be looking for things subconsciously because you have undealt with strongholds or you can just decide and write it out because sometimes I would forget, I'm so caught up in that past thing of, you know, what's wrong with me and just getting condemned when I read the Bible that I actually had to write it out and think about it. Read the Bible, I'm looking for this. I'm looking to see that you love me, that I'm okay. So consciously change what you're looking for. That's actually how I got rid of that stronghold was every night I had been rehearsing all the proof in my head that I wasn't enough as a, a pastor. So I would go to bed, and uh, I shouldn't have said that. Or I should have done this when they did that. And it you know I, I was just getting depressed every morning, and I didn't know why. Now it's like, duh. But one night, I was going through the rehearsal and the proofs of why I wasn't enough as a pastor in the church. And God said, Wendy, why are you building altars to your failures? And I'm like, "Um, is that what I'm doing? And he goes, yeah, and it's unscriptural. He said, I never had my people build memorials and altars to their failures. I only had them build memorials and altars to their success. The testimony is about success. Why? Because the more we hear and celebrate the good steps that we make, the more excited we get to keep trying. There's a reason why when kids are learning to walk, we cheer them on when they take a step. We don't condemn them for the 50 falls. It's all about celebrating the step. And we use the one step as proof that they're a walker. We don't use the 50 falls to prove that they're crawlers. So, anyway, God told me so every night, Wendy, you've been rehearsing all the proof that your stronghold of you're not enough is true. And he said, from now on, I want you to write down three proofs of your day that proves that you are enough, that you're a good wife, a good pastor, whatever. It was amazing. There actually was proof. I just hadn't seen them before. So this is a big thing for hearing God in a a greater measure is renewing the mind, believing what he says, looking for something different than you've been looking for. So started doing that um, and then started realizing that Part of the reason, I mean, he would just drop things into my head, but I wasn't really um, growing from, uh, with hearing until I began to do soaking prayer. It was like, oh, you can pray without talking? Yeah, it's called listening. Listening. And some, you give God something to work with by sitting in his presence, not talking. That's hard enough to do with a real life person. You have to be very comfortable with someone to not talk. There's this overwhelming need to fill in the silence. And you start rambling and talking about stupid things and But something happens when you're quiet. The thing is, is you actually have to train your brain, unless you're an introvert, you have to train your brain to be OK with silence and waiting. And I started out with just having some worship in the background. And, but I would just sit still. I'd force myself. Yeah, the first couple of weeks, I fell asleep almost every time, but you know why that is, is they say that 80% of all Americans are under extreme stress and don't know it. They think it's normal. So when you wait in God's presence, your body has been so full of stress that when it's quiet, it will fall asleep on you because it is tired. Go with it. Just keep going to his presence and being still and quieting your mind. It's a muscle you build. And even if you know first you're just, you know, worshiping in your head with the song or the music that's playing, um, go with it. But what happened for me was I wouldn't be singing, I would just be listening to the music and allowing my spirit to rise up and a phrase of the song would spark. And then God would start talking to me about something in that song. And I was hearing more clearly and getting more downloads. It was so awesome. The other thing that I had to learn to do was I had to learn how to create an open heaven over me. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes when we were pastoring, I would feel, like, really discouraged or hopeless. And so I would go to the church. At that time, our kids were little. I'd put them to bed. I'd go to the church for my prayer time. And if I was feeling that way, I would put on sad Christian music, you know, Oh, woe is me. Christian life is hard. You you can find those songs if you want. And no breakthrough, no hearing God. And finally, God said, Wendy, I need you to break open the atmosphere. There's this cloud of heaviness that's preventing you from hearing. And so he said, I want you to learn how to break your own atmosphere open so you can hear. So I would do the opposite of whatever I was feeling. If I was feeling like a victim, I would put on warfare Christian music and I'd shout and you know do all kinds of weird things that I won't talk about. <laughs> but the point is, use your body, use your mouth, get radical, go against how you feel. Because so often what you feel is a spiritual thing that's hanging over you, not just, you know, this is how it is. So I would break through. And then somebody discovered I was praying at night at the church and they said, Can I join you? And I'm like, I'm a pastor. Of course you can pray with me at the church. Oh my gosh, it was horrible because she brought her own atmosphere. And I started trying to counsel her through it so we could find God. And pretty soon I'm like, God, can I uninvite her? (laughs) And he goes, no, I did not send her there for you to counsel. I actually sent her there so that you would learn how to break through her atmosphere for you and her. Without speaking, so I would pick up in the spirit what was going on in her life, and I'd put the opposite music on, and I'd say, "This is what we're doing. We're marching around the church, declaring victory. We are declaring our righteousness or how loved we are. Whatever you know, I was feeling the opposite of, and pretty soon I was breaking through for bro- both of us." And then one morning I got into the church building and I remember, I'm a prophetic feeler by the way if you can't tell. I'm in the church building Sunday morning and there's this heavy, passive, yucky spirit. And I'm like, oh no, I was hoping for a good meeting. But now the people you've given me Okay, I'm a little dramatic. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> and God's like, yeah, I've been training you for this moment. You are going to break the atmosphere for people. You know, a lot of times we hear these great stories about people coming into a city and, you know, they, they call." out heaven and they open heaven and they break through but if you can't even break through your own atmosphere how are you going to break through for a city know where you are in the journey spend time breaking through your own atmosphere you are not your emotions you are not your emotions if you define yourself by them then you think you have to fight you when really you just have to fight a belief system or a spiritual atmosphere that's affecting you and it's amazing when you start seeing things differently how you start hearing and seeing and i remember one time i was working on the computer and all of a sudden, I got this sense of, um, I just don't measure up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not meeting the expectations of the people. I'm not a good pastor. And, and God said, um, Why did that just all of a sudden hit you? And I'm like, I don't know. It just, you know, hit me. This is my emotion. And He said, It's actually coming from some. and he actually told me, two people are talking about you and they're creating an atmosphere of condemnation and lack over you. This isn't about you. He said, send it back where it came from. Instead of taking it as, this is me, it's something out there. That will help a lot when you, you... Kind of distance yourself from what's going on and take note. Is this something spiritual? Is this a belief system that's creating this emotion? You don't have to live with it. And it it is a journey. It's not like, you know, I was in total bondage to emotions. I'm sorry I'm going off in weird directions tonight. But... I'm really big on the emotions thing because I was in bondage to mine. It was like, first thing every morning, how do I feel? And I would subconsciously think about my day. It's a busy day. I feel tired. (laughs) So I was tired before I started because my first question was, how do you feel? Or, I would think about somebody I had to meet with that, you know, wasn't fun to be with, and I'd feel overwhelmed, and I'm like, oh, yeah, how do I feel today? I feel overwhelmed. (laughs) And finally, God goes, you know, Wendy, that's the wrong question to ask every morning. I'm like, well, what should it be? And he goes, why don't you ask what do you believe today? And because first thing in the morning, I'm, you know, without coffee, I don't know what I believe today. (laughs) What was that? So I wrote them down. Little three-by-five cards. What do I believe today? Oh, yeah, I believe everywhere I go revival breaks out. Oh, yeah, I believe I'm the head and not the tail that I am... Loved by God, and I have an anointing to set captives free, and I spoke them out loud. Yes, they were declarations, but they were not wrote. Everywhere I go, revival breaks out. (laughs) It was, oh, yeah, this is what I believe. And I would say them, and I could feel my emotions. Just like when I would think about a busy day, I would feel tired. I would think about these belief systems, and I would be energized and excited. So I'm going to get us back on track. I'm good at this, just like my husband. (laughs) One of the things that really hit me about hearing God is we misunderstand what that means because in our English language, hearing God means you actually heard something. We're waiting for the audible voice of God or the still small voice. And one of my favorites is Habakkuk 2 when the prophet says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say. What? You're going to watch to see what he will say? Shouldn't you be listening? (laughs) There's something about setting yourself up to watch to see what he will say. So I had this really crazy friend um she was head of the prophetic in the church that we finally in weaverville when we went to pastor and i thought she was nuts because she thought god wanted to talk to her all the time i mean she would do things like oh look a dime i wonder what god is saying and i'm like he's saying you found a dime But sure enough, she would search it out, and she would be asking God questions. What does the dime mean? And she'd get this wonderful word, prophetic word to herself. I'm like, can you do that? And then one night, we had been at the church praying, and I was driving her home. It was at like 2 a.m. in the morning, and... I'm driving her home and she goes, oh, I forgot to tell you that somebody called at the office and they wanted to make an appointment with you and see if you could come see them. So she gives me a little appointment thing and I stick it in my pocket and I'm driving her home and she goes, stop! Stop the car! And, which I could do. It was Main Street but it's 2 a.m. And there's a ladder in the middle of the road. And she's like, This is so cool. (laughs) I wonder what God's saying. She didn't get anything that night, but the next night we did it again. So we're praying till the wee hours of the morning and I'm driving her home again. Oh, and by the way, after I dropped her off, she grabbed her truck, went back to Main Street and grabbed the ladder and takes it home because it's from God. So <laughs> the next night, middle of the night, driving home, exact same spot on Main Street, stop the car. I Pull over, stop the car. She hops out, and there's a telephone book. Do you guys know what those are? <laughs> Nobody uses them anymore. She grabs it, and she goes, oh, wow, that's weird. It was a telephone book for a city about three hours east of us. So we're like, oh, that's weird. And she goes, did you read that note that I gave you last night from the person who called? And I'm like, no. And she goes, I think they're from this city. So I pull it out of my coat pocket, and sure enough, it's a pastor from the city from this telephone book <laughs> and they want they want what we're carrying they want they wanted a bridge or a ladder between the two cities <laughs> which we did i mean eventually even Our daughter and son-in-law actually became youth pastors at their church because we got so close and built something there. But I say all that to say we would be surprised how often God would speak to us if we would set ourselves up to look and expect. Because I have this belief, even if he hadn't meant to talk to me about the dime, if I ask him, he'll say, let's come up with something. It's kind of like when Steve was talking about our dog Snoopy. He got to go on unplanned walks because we would accidentally shake the chain of his leash and he'd come running in all excited. And we're like, well, now we have to take him for a walk. (laughs) What if we were like that with God? God, I found a dime. (laughs) What were you going to say? And I can hear him talking to Jesus. Well, you got anything? (laughs) (laughs) There's this expectancy that we can have. Ask questions if you want to hear. And one of the keys for if you can't hear is, I'm a real big proponent for being self-aware. I want to know what my emotion is, and then I want to find out what's causing it. If I'm striving, I want to be able to sense I'm striving. I want to be in so much peace that when I'm out of peace, I know it. I want to be in so much peace that I'm not one of the 80% of Americans who don't even know they're stressed out. But the only way to know you're in stress is if you've experienced peace. Otherwise, stress feels like peace. So that's a, a you know, a big thing. And even darkness, sometimes we don't even realize we're in darkness because we haven't been marinating in the light. It's like that TV show doesn't bother me at all (laughs) because I haven't been in the light enough for it to look dark. Your eyes adjust. So that's one of the things I do. You know, hearing from God, to me, part of it is just being with God. I actually practice the presence of peace. I become one with it. If God is the God of peace and I'm one with Jesus, then I can actually merge myself into his peace until everything's relaxed. I know this is what peace feels like. This is not peace, this is peace. This is not peace, but I've practiced peace so often, I know how to get back there. No condemnation. I mean, it happens all the time. A lot of times, like, I hate being late to a meeting. You know, it's so embarrassing walking in. Usually I'm not for big speaking engagements, but for just, you know, meetings at church. And... I know I'm late, and I'm starting to get stressed. And because I've developed this self-awareness, I want to know as soon as I can that I'm in stress. So then I have to decide, what do I need to believe that will bring me back my peace? And I'll start declaring things. It's all going to be okay. They're not even going to notice. They're going to be late too. Whatever I need. <laughs> whatever I need to believe to get back into my place of peace. Because peace is a force. If I go into that meeting with that stress, I actually am bringing a spirit into the meeting that causes everybody else to get stressed and they're probably going to be irritated at me because they don't even realize it's not because she was late. It was because of the spirit she brought in with her. But if I come in full of peace, I'm still going to apologize. It's not like, eh, I don't care if I'm late. It's so sorry I'm late, but I'm at peace. I know God will make it up. So hearing God, practicing his presence, um, I have no idea where I'm going. (laughs) Maybe I asked our team to actually talk about how they hear God. Because y'all know we all hear differently. I'm sure you do. And so I love hearing about other people because sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't even know I was doing that. So, if you guys will come up. Who wants to go first?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm John. Yeah, John. Mm. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about the ease there is on hearing from God. Uh, Being at BSSM Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry for three years, um, one thing that I learned by my third year that is if they ask a question, the answer is always Jesus. And all that time... What? He's given us
0: the answer?
1: Yeah. All that time, the answer was always Jesus. And... uh, It made things just seem simple, and all you need to do to hear from Jesus or to hear from the Holy Spirit is be hungry and have that desire and listen. In 2015, uh, when I was learning how to pray, I was... uh, working on a job and it was across the street from a friend of mine that was dying of cancer. Uh, I was led or told to pray for him. So I got him in the truck and I was like, oh my gosh, I was worried about what I was going to say. And I opened my mouth 15 minutes later. He was weeping. I was weeping. Uh, I didn't know what I'd said And it was beautiful. Has anybody else had moments like that when you opened your mouth and stuff came out? (laughs) And you had no, God was speaking through you. And that's, that's, that is powerful. Uh,
0: Yeah, that's that scripture, open your mouth and I will fill it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh gosh, oh she, just do that all the time. Um, But since then I've learned that he speaks through our senses Uh, through all our senses, as Wendy was talking about. Um, Jennifer and I were out at a town called Palisadro outside of Redding, staying when we we lived in an RV. And uh, we had this hill we would walk up, and God was always on top of this hill. And it was, uh, the wind hardly blows in the summer, hardly ever blows in the summer, but on top of this hill... He was always there, and it was always like the pine needles were rustling. You could hear it. You could hear him. And really, this, the simpleness of listening to God is just, you just need to listen. And when you hear him, don't doubt it. I mean, you'll know, like Wendy said, you know, if, if it's not of God, you'll know it's not of God. Uh, but if, if you hear, don't, don't doubt it just listen accept it and it's just a beautiful thing and like i said before whenever we went to school oh gosh people hear in so many different ways you know you you want to hear you know you hear about the person that oh he writes names above these people's heads and tells them what they're you know and uh but you will have different moments to where you know at the perfect time god will come to you and tell you something about someone that you're supposed to say something and you'll know when it when it happens and what it is in those words of knowledge and just have no doubt and just listen and accept that's it
2: that's good. <laughs> good job yeah. i just love to hear what he has to say <laughs> i'm always shocked every time oh wow I loved I love to to know that God speaks in every way right like he spoke everything into existence so everything is a fiber of his voice like speaking in some way so I'm the person that finds the dime (laughs) and like it has great meaning for me um and that I just I, I love that I love that um but I think a lot of times they categorize, you know, how we see, how we hear. And I would say a lot of times we, ha- we get thrown into activations where we're in like prophetic booths where people come and sit right down in front of you and you're supposed to give them a word. And you're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, you know, all these things come across like, oh, am I hearing God? Like, oh, well, can I hear him now? Can I just ask him like for a word? And so you go through all of that. And when you just settle yourself, and just I just tell myself, I hear God so well. I hear his voice so well. I hear his voice in everything. And, uh, and begin to, I just begin to pray over whoever sits in front of me. Like, oh, in, in such thankfulness, I'll ask their name. Oh, I just love Anne, and, and uh, God just loves her. And all of a sudden, um, in my mind's eye, I will see a picture. And for the longest time, I would try to work it out in my mind. Oh, what does that picture mean? Like, oh, well, I don't think I want to say that. Does that really mean this? And so I just learned, uh, just say what you see. And um, one of the best ones was a few weeks ago, I was in a prophetic booth and someone sat down and I, I kept seeing in my mind's eye her just holding these babies. And so I decided, well, I'm going to try to figure it out. Babies is kind of a weird thing. Like, I don't want to prophesy you're having a baby. (laughs) So I said, "Um, do you have kids? And she's like, nope. Like, oh, Are are you wanting kids? Nope. So I said, well, I don't know why, but every time I look at you, I just see you with babies in your, in your arms. And she said, oh, well, I'm an OBGYN nurse. I deliver babies. <laughs> so I, I learned again, like, oh, just say what you see. Say what you see. And uh, God's so kind. Like, I think his kindness just comes in uh, with love. the little things and i know for two years after we moved to reading um i really mourned being away from my grandbabies and often thought like god why do you have me here what you know why do you have me here um i i could be with my grandbabies right now you know here i am cleaning houses you know to be at school here and i'm you know i could be with my grandbabies right now and he put, put feathers everywhere for me i have a collection of Hundreds of feathers, the, the in the in the oddest places like places you shouldn't find feathers, <laughs> there were feathers, and but it was always when I that feeling of uh, I, I need to hear your voice like I'm in the right place. There would be a feather, and literally like hundreds of feathers that I have a collection of.
3: Wow, that's, cool. yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Um, I'm a bit like Jen that I'd see pictures, but when it comes to healing, um, I actually get physical pain. So can I release some words while we're here? And you can learn from me too. So when I came in the building, I had no pain, started worship, and then I felt an ache in my shoulder, which came down into my hand. It was like a nerve-type pain, and then like a burning and pins and needles in my hand. So I don't know if anyone has, has that. No? That's you. Okay, that's Jen <laughs> sitting next to her and you. All right, let's pray. Stand up. All right. And um, then while I was sitting there, I had heartburn of stuff that I hadn't eaten. I hadn't eaten for several hours. So has anyone got reflux or indigestion? All
0: right. And you don't up. have to have it right now. Yeah, if, yeah. If it's just something
3: that you, uh, I had hip pain, just in here. Okay, cool. And then I had like chest pain, like an like an angina. Okay, cool. So that's. So often I'll go into church or I'll um and even just check my body before I go somewhere. And then when I have pain, I'm like, okay, God, is that you? And so sometimes I'll be at a small meeting and then I'll go, anyone got any chest pain? I'm just feeling this ache. Just release a word of, it. like, it's what you call a word of knowledge. Um, yeah, I'll just ask you around, or I'll be like, has anyone got a backache? I'm just feeling a sore back. And so I asked and pray. So that's how. Be-
0: before you pray for them, yeah. I just had an idea. Yeah. Um, Since this is about learning to hear from God, a lot of times when we stand up for healing, we're so focused on, you know, the pain and waiting to watch to see if it's going to go. What if instead, but while she's praying, you're hearing from God saying, what do you want to say about this Mm. pain or this issue in my body? Mm. That's good. That's
3: good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Lord, that you speak, that you want to speak, and that you want to bring healing to bodies tonight. So, yeah, we just thank you that you paid the price for the healing and that it's already done. So pain, burning, tingling, pins and needles, yeah, burning, be gone in the name of Jesus. And peace, the shalom of heaven, the unity of heaven, come over body, soul, and spirit right now. Amen. Uh, If if you've got anything to test out, let us know how it is.
0: We would love to hear. Yeah. Okay, do you guys have some prophetic words you want to release? What I love about school is that it's a place that you can stretch yourself even a little bit further than normal, because when you're in school, it's okay to make mistakes. (laughs) We don't stone people anymore. (laughs) We're learning. So
2: go ahead. Yeah, so all the moms, if all the moms will stand up in the room, Lots of mamas here. Wow. So good. Look at all these moms. All right. Hold hold one of your hands out like you have a glass. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Wow. So I want you to picture that you have a glass in your hand, like a wine glass, like it's full, completely full. There
0: you go. Completely You're a heavy drinker over there.
2: (laughs) Hold it. Don't let it down. That's good. And then um think of your to-do list that you have. Like, do we all have a running to-do list that's in our mind? Like we always have this list of what's next, what's next. Mm. So I just bless you with every time you think about the to-do list that you remember that you have that glass of wine. Yeah, that it's full, Mm -hmm. it never runs empty. It's always ready for you to drink. Yeah, the list looks different. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Yes, that Mm -hmm. you have full permission to drink from that cup at any time. That when the list uh, becomes heavier and weightier than the glass, that you put the list down. and Make sure that you remember the glass is in your hand. Yeah. Ooh, that you're always drinking. And you do task better with that drink
0: in your hand. Just in case you're unfamiliar, she is talking about the spiritual. Yeah. (laughs) We can't assume they all know the lingo.
2: (laughs) We just thank you, Lord. We thank you that that, that you're a big God. That you're a big God and that you are, you are, and we're allowed to just be. That we don't have to have a list and the next thing to go to. But, Lord, that we always look to you and go to you. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you for that. I just bless you all with the glass that's always full. And that the list now looks smaller and easier, less daunting. And a whole, a whole bunch more fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do it drunk. Yes. Drunk in Cheers. the <laughs> Cheers.
0: Look at that, Mom. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Take that yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Before we go on to the next one, that just reminded me that even small things, you can renew your mind and make life easier. I was raised in a kind of a two-story, 3 split-level, big house because it was six kids and my mom and dad. And I hated vacuuming because it was this level and then this level and then you go up here to this level and dragging this vacuum around. And then I got married and we lived in an apartment and I'm still thinking, oh, I have to vacuum today. (laughs) And I realized... Oh, I dread vacuuming even though it only takes me five minutes now. (laughs) But I'm still seeing it and feeling how it it was when I was a kid. Mm, So So just recognize some of the things that you're attaching more weight to things that you're doing than is really necessary.
3: I can't see her. the lady who was singing on stage over here in the worship team? Is she around? Ah, here you are. Hi. What's your name? Lindsay. Lindsay. Um I'm I'm being stretched here. For a minute just to let you guys know. Um yeah. And I saw you were highlighted to me. And so I was asking the Lord what he wanted to say. And I felt that he saw you as a, as a Mary. Um, but it was, yeah, when I thought of Mary, it was like Mary being at Jesus' feet and listening to him. But he gave me the other story of when Lazarus had died and that, he had, um, and that she was going through grief. And Martha said, oh, Jesus is asking for you. You know, get out of the house and go and run to him, and go and fall at his feet, and that she she wept at his feet, and he wept with her. So I don't know if there's anything that you're grieving at the moment um, that he wants to weep with you, but then it was the, the hope in there is that he then wanted to raise Lazarus from the death from the dead, and so if there's something that you're grieving at the moment, he wants to then bring life to it
1: so <laughs> so this gentleman right here and yes yeah, david. what's your name david. david so i see something about a job about a new job about a change in your job does that resonate in any way So have you got something on your mind to present in your job?
4: I've had some words with my boss, yes. Some good
1: words. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Good words. Okay. Word my okay. Well, I see a yes on whatever it is that's in front of you, that you're supposed to give a yes for that because it's for your benefit and for the benefit of your family.
0: any other testimonies too
1: that you guys want to share I kind of get lost in what time but we told a story or I told a story the other day about having a quadruple bypass and being in the hospital and uh, yeah and uh, they took away all my pain meds and it was going to be eight hours I never really finished that story Um, (laughs) they uh, said it was going to be eight hours and uh, the administrator and the head nurse walked out of the room they shut the door as they left the whole time we'd been there the door had not been shut they came in about every 15 minutes and did x-rays took blood washed me they did something you know about every 15 minutes they walked out the door uh, shut the door and it was like this heavy cloud came into the room. Uh, this is before my wife and I really knew about things like this. And uh, it was uh, Jennifer put on praise and worship music. And uh, the time, it was like we were in some kind of time vortex or something I mean the eight hours went by just like that I had no pain nobody came in the room for eight hours
0: I've never heard of that in a hospital before
1: yeah. and it was just we were sitting in school in the second year and they were talking about a glory cloud coming into to Bethlehem in sec- and Jennifer and I turned to each other and said that's what that was because we didn't know all this till we knew it was good. <laughs> and that day, I think I had uh, 10 days left to be in the hospital. And after that day, they said, oh, you're going to get out in three days and you're going to be able to do this and be able to do that. And we had all this favor after that. It was just so beautiful. And it's just uh, you never know when God's presence are, is going to come.
0: So, um, do you want us to do anything else? If you want to do um, some activations or, I mean, I can lead a few activations if you want to. I love activations. (laughs) Talking about hearing God, let's hear from God. Let's encounter him. So let's just close our eyes. The best way to hear from God is to forget about the natural realm. We're going to focus on the realm of the Spirit, on Jesus himself. I'm not going to hurry through this. God, I know people are here because they want to hear from you. Whatever level we're hearing from, we want more. We want to see more, we want to hear more, we want to understand more. And you love to give us the desires of our heart. So I just speak peace over this whole room. I speak peace over everybody's mind. You are not going to strive. You are not going to try to hear. You are just going to rest in his presence. We're just going to rest in his presence. And the God who speaks will come. Just as you're resting in his presence, I just remembered, you know, sometimes when I strive and, and try to hear God, the what I do is I allow him to talk to me in tongues. That way I get my mind out of the way. You know, how when you talk in tongues in your prayer language, you're not using your mind, you're using your spirit. So sometimes God, and I've even had angels come and talk to me in tongues. And remember in um, the, the chapter 13, the, the love chapter, and it says, even though I, I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, if I have not love, have you ever thought, how did they know what an angel tongue sounds like? So we're just going to rest. I believe that sometimes... God can speak to me in tongues, and then later in the day, it's like I get the interpretation. (laughs) Because I'm created. My spirit can interpret things. So maybe picture Jesus just sitting in front of you, looking at you. He's just so pleased with you, and he probably wants to say something to you. What do you need to hear? So, Father, we just submit our mind and our imagination to you. We're going to trust that even if we feel like we're spiritually deaf, you will make a way for us to hear. Don't limit him. He could be seeing something that you need to hear. He may want to describe to you something that's going on in the room where there's some angels. He may give you something that you're supposed to share later to someone else. We're just giving him opportunity. We're gonna lean into the first word that pops into our head and ask him to enlarge on it. And he's fun. If he wants to tell you a joke, let him tell you a joke. for those who are struggling hearing, sometimes it's good to just imagine yourself somewhere where you've heard him before. Maybe you're sitting in your favorite chair at home with a cup of coffee and a Bible, or maybe you can imagine yourself at the beach watching the waves, enjoying nature. The way to hear your spirit is to relax your mind and your body so that your spirit is the loudest part of your being. Enter in. like he's singing over somebody in the room so if a song came to your mind it's because he's singing over you That has happened to me as I've waited on him that I feel led to say because I think maybe somebody's experiencing this. You feel like maybe an angel is massaging your shoulders and your neck, could be a smell. You may even be getting a word of knowledge of the pain in your body. Don't automatically assume it's yours. You may even be getting an emotion like being a prophetic feeler. Sometimes I will feel like anxiety in a room, but I'll think it's mine at first until I realize, oh, I wasn't anxious when I came in. I'm picking it up on someone. I'm hearing what's going on in the room. All right, can I really stretch you now? I did this at BSSM one time in a small group setting. It challenged them. I want you to imagine yourself, your body, right where it's at. And then I want you to imagine your spirit man stepping out of your body And just so you know, we're not making a theology that you step out of your body. Your body doesn't know time or space. I'm just trying to give your brain something to work with. So picture your spirit, man. It can look like a a beam of light. It could look like you, you know, in some way. It could whatever, however, you just want to attach a a substance to your spirit that is real, the part of you when your body dies and your spirit is with the Lord. What do you think it looks like? What does it feel like? So you're going to picture you sitting, your spirit stands up and turns and looks at you, and if you were told to prophesy to yourself, what would your spirit say? If you've ever prophesied to somebody, then you can prophesy to yourself. find something good maybe you can even imagine somebody else standing over you prophesying if that makes it easier for you but you need to hear what God has to say to you about you or where you're going Father, I thank you that this is a season of open heaven, that you are going to be speaking and taking us places and showing us things that are going to amaze us. And there's some people here who think that you're disqualified from this, that when renewal hits, you're the one who never seems to see or hear anything like everybody else. You are the prime candidate tonight. God wants you to experience heaven. He wants you to experience the voice of God, to to see spirit to spirit, to live as a spirit being. He is releasing grace right now. In in the name of Jesus, I just want you to put out your hand and receive the grace to hear and see like never before. Grace is an empowerment. It's a spirit that God puts upon us that enables us to do what we couldn't do before because it's not about earning it. It's not about what we are. It's about who he is in us that enables us to do this, and it's for everybody And I just release a, a grace for prophetic dreams and godly dreams. I just protect the minds and imaginations of people from the, the dreams of the enemy that bring fear and anxiety. And We just release the peaceful dreams of heaven, experiences, In Jesus' name, amen. All right, try that at home. I mean, the best way to learn is to practice at home. Challenge yourself. You know, I can't, I wasted the first 15 years of my Christian life waiting for God to zap me. And it never happened. It wasn't until I verbalized, I want to do this. I see in the word that this is the inheritance, and I'm going after it. I will practice. You know, it's like we used to think that the only way we heard prophetic words was if God zapped them and they started prophesying, and then we realized, oh, if you just turn your heart to the Lord, he'll speak through you. And we don't have to wait till we're in church. Do it at home. Do it for your unsaved loved ones. Do it for your family. So you guys are going to see, you're going to be, I, you know, something I heard too about this place, I know there's some people who aren't from here, is when I was listening to God, I felt like he said, the veil between the two realms is very, very thin in here. Very thin. One of these days, it's just going to accidentally break. And gush. It's almost like, you know, how when a woman is pregnant and before the baby comes out, usually there's the water breaking? Is this too visual for people? <laughs> <laughs> but it's almost like you guys are pregnant and weighty, and the veil is like this water thing that's been protecting what God's been doing within this group, but the water is about to break and there's going to be a birthing of something new (laughs) so thanks for having us we just love this church so bless you guys
5: thank you so much yeah can you guys just bless wendy and her team so awesome and of course steve is not here and we want to be able to bless them so uh, we're going to do an offering here in a moment and so you can make checks payable to zion cash credit card through our app is a really quick and most secure way to give um, and all this, all of our offerings throughout the weekend are kind of separately. So, uh, thanks for being generous uh, with these guys. Um, so buckets, you guys can go ahead and go ahead and pass them. Um, if if uh, David, if you could put some of the the slides uh, for Steve and Wendy's um, uh, the Steve's news book and some of the things they have going on, is that possible back there? Okay, we'll see if they can. He's coming from somewhere. Maybe maybe not. There's a ways to give. Um, But I think uh, we actually bought all of Wendy's books. She's going home empty handed. No more of Wendy's books are sold out. So uh, you can go on their website uh, and find out some more information. They have some amazing resources. And, yeah, so here's some things coming up, ways to connect. There's a QR code down there, ignitinghope.com. Check out their itinerary, what they're going to be up to. They roll things out all the time on beliefs. And uh, I believe Tien, Tien, you went to one of their, was it the leadership school or belief training school? One of those two? It's fantastic. Okay. So we have someone in house that can give you firsthand experience, too, uh, who was enrolled in it recently. Um, So, Well, guys, bless you. Have an amazing night. We are just super excited here. If you want to learn more about the school, Uh, Feel free to uh, ask some questions or get some information out there. Um, If I can have any second-year students or graduates of CSSM, if you guys are here, uh, if you guys can come forward and be our ministry team tonight. If you want a prophetic word, uh, you just want to take another step in that direction, let our teams pray for you and bless you. And so I'll just ask our ministry team to be our second-year students and and, uh, graduates. So come on forward and uh, bless you guys. If you want some more ministry, let our teams uh, pray for you. And uh, all CSSM students, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for coming tonight, everyone.
6: Taking up the space where shame has lived. Receiving all that you died to give. Let the wind blow. Let the tide roll. To the earth now
5: So if you guys want ministry, uh, you guys can come forward and let our teams pray for you. Just come on here, and uh, our teams will be lined up. So just come on up and let our teams pray for you, you if you want some more ministry.
6: tide roll to the earth knows you're a God of love let my dry bones sing a new song all the glory to the God of love all the glory to the God of love, all the glory, to the God of love. no one needs to know you speak to me you give me strength there's nothing like All you are working all the details out. What's in me will grow someday. I trust your time. let i